Welcome. <laughs> Welcome. Can everyone hear okay with the audio? Okay, good, marvelous. I would like, first of all, to thank the Bronx Art Museum, especially Charlie Vasquez. Yes, because uh, this is a great gift. Um, I could never imagine that I was going to read poems in such a place. Many of the artists around were my friends, deep friends, but especially Anna Mendieta, because we were supposed to belong to the same family. And uh, I did have a very enriching experience when she took me to Haruko, Escaleras de Haruko, which is the name of the place, where she rented a room in a hotel. We had lunch, and she took me to the mountains around the hotel to show me what she was going to do with that. Uh, I, I want to tell this story because although my poem is a very old poem, poem is an elegy after her death. But my poem talks about uh, the creation, the creativity of, of Anna. And she was very, very enchanted by nature, by earth, by land. And she started to make uh, a series that she called silhouettes. Those silhouettes were um, bodies, uh, female bodies, but very especially her body. And once I was really scared, I felt very, when she showed me, I was really scared. Because maybe you have, you know, premonitions of tragic destinies. I could not explain her why. I did not have an idea. My poem, in a way, my poem doesn't talk about her death at all. It talks about her poetics. But, in a way, you know, her death is related to that because silhouettes she became herself her body became a silhouette on, in Broadway so this is a very delicate moment for me I am thrilled I have fear I you know we we were friends in, in this city in Havana but in this city New York City and none of us could imagine this moment of course. So I want to dedicate, to make a tribute to her memory, reading that poem. It's a poem, a long poem. Uh, I think that she is an icon. She represents a very special female dimension, uh, a dimension that deals also with identity. She rediscovered hers 
and uh, and this sense was could overcome her class origin, which is really important. Uh, so I feel now uh, satisfied in the sense that the poem existed ever since and that it was translated into English. You are going to to listen to the translation uh, into English, which which is very good, and, and and my poem in Spanish, which means that Ana Mendieta's work is in history. Otherwise, it wouldn't. It, it is not something written yesterday, or last year, or whatever. No, no, no. It, it it's an elegy of the moment in which she went away. Ana era frágil como el relámpago en los cielos. Era la muchacha más frágil de Manhattan, iluminada siempre por las lluvias de otoño, calcinada su historia en las más tristes celosías. Desde un balcón, Ana abría las ventanas para asomarse a ver la multitud pasar. Eran siluetas como de arena y barro caminando sobre sus pies. Eran siluetas como un ejército de hormigas silenciosas dispersas en el viento perenne de cuaresma o en una madriguera de cristal. Ana adoraba esas figuraciones porque le traían remembranzas viejas, sonoras, dulces remembranzas de cierto callejón del sur en el vedado. Ana lanzada al vacío, Ana nuestra de la desesperanza, esculpida tú misma en el cemento hostil de Broadway, un desierto como el desierto que encontraste en los orfelinatos, un desierto amarillo y gris te alcanza y te sujeta por los aires. Bajo el balcón de Ana pasan los trenes apurados, como pasaba el agua por las acequias de otro tiempo, atravesando aquel pueblito extraño de los álamos verdes y el farol encendido. Sobre el balcón de Ana de noble vocación habanera vuelan las mariposas tutelares vuelan las simples golondrinas que emigran como es usual como se sabe como es costumbre a las vastas ciudades enardecidas de confort y de espanto Ana una golondrina está revoloteando sobre tu pelo negro y el candor de ese vuelo presagiaba tu muerte Ana, una golondrina de arena y barro. Ana, una golondrina de agua. Ana, una golondrina de fuego. Ana, una golondrina y un jazmín. Una golondrina que creó el más lento de los veranos. 
una golondrina que surca el cielo de Manhattan hacia un norte ficticio que no alcanzamos a vislumbrar o a imaginar más al norte aún de tantas vanas ilusiones. Ana, frágil como esas crucecitas vivas que anidan en la cúpula de algunas iglesias medievales. Ana, lanzada a la intemperie de Iowa otra vez. Una llovizna negra cae sobre tu silueta. Tus siluetas dormidas nos acunan como diosas supremas de la desigualdad, como diosas supremas de los nuevos peregrinos occidentales. Ana sencilla, Ana vivaz, Ana con su mano encantada de huérfana, Ana durmiente, Ana orfebre, Ana frágil, como una cáscara de huevo esparcida sobre las raíces enormes de una ceiba cubana de hojas oscuras espesamente verdes. Ana, lanzada al vacío. Ana, como un papalote planeando sobre los techos rojos de las casonas del cerro antiguo. Ana, qué colores tan radiantes veo y como se parecen a ciertos cuadros de Chagall que te gustaba perseguir por cualquier galería de la tierra. Tus siluetas adormecidas van empinando el papalote multicolor que huye de Iowa bordeando los cipreses indígenas y va a posarse sobre las nubes ciertas de las montañas de Jaruco en cuya tierra húmeda has vuelto a renacer envuelta en un musgo celeste que domina la roca y las cuevas del lugar que es tuyo como nunca gracias these photos you know are from this series not only for silhouettes, but one of the places she took me to see at the time she was living in this rented room. So I was thrilled because of that, because I never saw those pictures again. This is the first time. Wow. Ana Mendieta. Anna was fragile like lightning in the skies. She was the most delicate girl in Manhattan. Always brightened by the fall rains, her story scorched in the saddest of shutters. From a balcony, Anna opened her windows to lean out and watch the crowd pass by. They were like silhouettes of sand and mud, walking on their feet. They were silhouettes like an army of silent ants scattered in the unending wind of Lent or in a glass burrow. Anna adored those shapes for they brought her remembrances, old, resounding, sweet remembrances of a certain narrow street in the south in El Vedado. Anna cast into emptiness, our Anna of despair, yourself sculpted onto the hostile cement of Broadway. A desert, 
like the desert you encountered in the orphanages. A yellow and gray desert reaches for you and holds you in the air. Below Anna's balcony, the trains pass by hurriedly, like water used to flow through the channels of another era. Crossing that strange little town with the green poplar trees and the bright street lamp. Above Anna's balcony of noble Havana calling, the protective butterflies flutter about. The innocent migrating swallows fly away. As usual, as is known, as always, in the vast cities blazing with comfort and terror. Anna, a swallow is fluttering its wings over your black hair and the innocence of that flight predicted your death. Anna, a swallow of sand and clay. Anna, a swallow of water. Anna, a swallow of fire. Anna, a swallow and a jasmine. A swallow that the slowest of all summers created. A swallow that plows through the Manhattan skyline toward a fictitious north which we can never glimpse or imagine further north still of so many empty illusions. <coughs> Anna, fragile like those bright little crosses nestling in the domes of some medieval church. Anna, cast into the inclement Iowa weather again. A dark drizzle falls over your profile. Your sleeping silhouettes rock us like supreme goddesses of inequality like supreme goddesses of the new Western pilgrims. Simple Anna, lively Anna, Anna with her charming orphan hand. Sleeping Anna, Anna Goldsmith, Anna fragile like an eggshell, scattered over the enormous roots of a Cuban silk cotton tree with rich dark green leaves. Anna cast into emptiness. Anna like a kite gliding over the red roofs of the big houses of the old cerro. Anna, what brilliant colors I see and how closely they resemble certain paintings by Chagall. Whom you like to pursue through any gallery on earth. Your sleepy silhouettes are rising like the multicolored kite which flees from Iowa among the native cypress trees and then settles on the steady clouds of the mountains of Haruko, in whose moist soil you have been reborn, wrapped in a celestial moss that covers the rock and the caves of the place that is now yours as never before. Thank you. There's a very interesting remark that I want to make. 
which is a following. Anna's behavior as a person, as a Cuban, was very like of those who were always were pilgrims and always trying to find their home. Home comes with us all the time. And uh, the term orphanages that I use in my poem, I think now that they are referred to the experience of my own mother, whose mother died when she was six years old. And she was always trying to find her identity. And, and I was completely different from my mother. Although I did have the opportunity, the gift of life, of bringing Anna home, and, and, and she met my mother. And my mother used to cook. And uh, I did have an uncle that we called uh, the Chinese man, because he was very, very Chinese, very Chinese. And Anna used to go to Chinatown, our Chinatown, very close to, to Peñalver and Manrique. She used to sometimes have dinner there or whatever. And she used to come and to, you know, love with this uncle of mine, which, who passed away many years ago, of course. Never before Anna, many years after Anna. But these things now that I'm talking here in front of those rocks and and sands and mountains and it's so deep in my memory. Uh, like the moment in which she used to invite me to talk in the front of the main door of my house, which is a very very small, very little house. It was hot. It was very warm. It was summer. Havana, Havana summer is very strong. So she said, let's come outside. And we sat both on the sidewalk. And there she taught me so many things. She, we used to talk about so many things. And uh, when we, in my poem, I speak about Chagall, it's because uh, for her and for Mendive also, and there are many, many uh, paintings by him uh, where there are characters that flow. They may be animals, it may be a cow, like the Chagall's cows, or a bird or a person, and this is something that they used, I heard them talking about. So now all these things are precious. So I have to confess in front of my friend uh, Charlie Vasquez and Catherine and all of you, Ronda Dallas, that I'm definitely, uh, I will start writing my memories. I do need to do so. I cannot recall your name. Christine. Christine, I appreciate because of you, I am seated here in front of these things. I appreciate that, because otherwise, you know, the sense of the poem 
read in front of these images. You know, it's like my poem talks about this, nothing more than that, which is uh, the essence of Ana Mendieta's work. So finally, um, I have to say also that, for instance, this edition by Cubana Books in, in Chico in California, this is my own drawing. It's a drawing, not from these times, but a drawing inspired by Mendives, of course. And the things she loves to, to, to do because she loved to mixture birds, herbs, bodies, heaven, skies, whatever. She, she was devoted to that. So now I'm reflecting about this because of you and because of this exhibition, where there are many important Cuban painters and Cuban artists. Especially, I would like to talk about the, the female paintings by Belkis Ayon, whom I met. I know better her sister, Katia, than herself. Um, and then Maria Elena Campos Pons, who is, is based in Boston, and Rocio, who in Cuba is known as Rocio, no, no last name, although her, her, her last name is Garcia, Rocio Garcia. And also Rene Peña, who is a photographer, very good black photographer, wonderful, wonderful. So I wouldn't dare, you know, to talk about uh, all the artists, because I am a human being with a certain age, so I couldn't have met all of them. Uh, all of them are magnificent in their craft and uh, in their search for their Cuba, their island. So thanks a lot. Uh, I don't know, I'm not crying because I don't know why. <laughs> but I would be, uh, you know, easily able to have tears here. So I would like to read the poem for my mother. Let me have another poem, because I have several poems for my mother. She, my mother used to serve coffee. For her, that was like a, a ritual. So Anna had many cups of coffee by my mother. So that's what I'm <laughs> going to read now. Mm -hmm. Let me find out here. Mamá trae el café desde remotos mares, como si la historia de su vida rondara cada frase de humo que se entrelaza entre ella y yo. 
inusitada del amanecer, sonríe y saltan sobre su cabello de azúcar las pulseras de oro y el hilo sobrio de su infancia pervive entre las dos. Quisiéramos un alto flamboyán de la montaña a cuya justa sombra durmiese el trovador. A morning flamboyant. <laughs> coffee. Mama brings coffee from remote seas, as if the story of her life hovers around each smoky sentence that weaves itself between us. Bewildered by dawn, she smiles, and golden bracelets spring from her sugary hair and the, tho the sober thread of her childhood endures between us. We would like a tall flamboyant from the mountain in whose daunting shade a troubadour might sleep. Thank you very much. Questions, comments? Mm -hmm. um, what about having Anna, meaning does she actually have any children and Si Anna tuviera hijos. Si parió alguna vez. I cannot tell about a future which is absolutely impossible because she is dead. No, no. Si ella tuvo, si tuvo hijos. Si ella tiene hijos. I don't hijos. think so. I don't oh. think so. She, she died in 1985. I don't know. Never know any more about her, and even I knew about her death uh, in in the National Hotel. I was having breakfast with a friend, a friend from New York, who passed away recently. And he told me, and I, I said, no, 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 you should be wrong. But she was dead. But we're here to talk about her work, about the essence of her work. Uh, which did have a very outstanding trend of female, female issues. Although she was not an activist, she was not engaged, like myself, she was not engaged in feminism or whatever, but her work was absolutely devoted to that, her condition, but because this started with her body. So, in 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 very in the past, in very in very old times, so I think this is a contribution of hers to fine arts, not only to Cuban fine arts or Caribbean fine arts, but fine arts in general. Another question, question or comment. Yeah, comment, reflection. Mm -hmm. I just want to say thank you so much, because that only a poet, and a poet who also knew the artist so intimately, could bring her back to life tonight, mm -hmm. and bring such a different aspect of who she was as an artist, and who she was as a person, and we are really grateful. Um, yeah, I'm grateful for the chance, for the opportunity to read my poems in front of this yeah, work, that I, I was a witness of it yeah. while she was making it and so forth. I never could came back. I never came back. Mm 
to Haruko. Never. So to see that there is a documentary by Nereida Garcia, a Cuban based in New York. Uh, and then, well, she, she, she was based also in California in many places. And it's a very beautiful documentary trying to understand Anna's work and the tragedy of, of, her, of her life. And uh, there is an interview. She came and interviewed me. There's a long interview about Anna and everything. Beautiful sons, sons she preferred. So thank you very much thank you. for you know this encounter yes. with uh, art, good art. <laughs> okay. Thank you. You're very welcome. The rest of the exhibits through those doors, if folks want to take a look at it. Thank you so much. Give one more hand to Nancy Morejon.